All right, we are finally live. Sorry about that, guys. What's going on? I'm Randall Thor19. This is the Xbox Two podcast. If you didn't know, and with me as always is my right hand man, Jez Corden, the one who makes the podcast so special. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> what do I do? That's so special. I, I don't know. Aaron complain most of the time. I, I try yeah. to. I try to think of like something new to say every week to intro you. You know what I'm saying? Oh right. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. I- Jez, the, the man with alcohol problems. No, I, I don't know. The man with the million alcohol problems? The man with the million alcohol problems. I like I like that one. It kind of, it riffs on yours, but with a Jez-like twist. That's right. Uh, <laughs> sorry we're doing this on a Friday. It's not my fault this time. Y'all can direct your anger towards Jez. He was uh, tra- you were traveling, <laughs> right? Yeah, I was traveling. Last week was busy because it was my last week in the UK, so... I wanted to visit family and friends before I came back. And then Thursday, I was traveling for 12 hours to come back to Germany. So I'm all settled in, all back to normal now. Uh, hopefully, there won't be any future delays, depending right. on what happens. We've got, we've got a few weeks of sort of quiet time now. E3 is over. It's calm now. <sighs> it's over, calm. but oh, man, it was so and good then, seeing all those games, seeing Microsoft shut up all them haters. You know, haters shutting them down, putting their foot down, being like, yes. "Nah, we're here for good." We got new studios. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I love E three week. It was great seeing all the games I'll be playing this year, next year, and potentially years to come. Um, it was exciting. It was an exciting week. Indeed, it was. Um, but we have a bunch of topics that we wanted to talk about. Uh, one being Xbox and Nintendo sitting together in a tree. K i s s i n g. <laughs> because uh wow i've never i never in my life expected to see xbox in a nintendo ad or nintendo being in an xbox ad but it happened it and happened. Uh, we're, we're gonna talk about that uh we're also gonna talk about gears tactics i was requested uh why isn't gears tactics coming to xbox why is it pc exclusive uh, i'm sure we'll delve into that a little bit later uh state of decay 2 is number one shock the world uh you know uh hit the top of the charts and MPD beating out God of War and Detroit become human caused so much ruckus that even Sony fans aren't sure if MPD is reliable anymore, <laughs> uh, which is kind of funny. If you ask me, uh, we'll talk- been a lot of salt this week and I know when the salt, because I start getting randoms with five followers messaging me bullshit. There's been a lot of salt. this week. Yeah. 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 Um, there was an Xbox doll as well oh yeah yeah Xbox i saw some doll. people freak out over over the doll um <laughs> which i don't know why but they did and I'm, maybe we'll talk about that but uh before we delve into all those topics normally we do what you've been playing but i wanted to change it up a little bit this week jazz oh. Oh, okay snap. i want to take your idea uh that you presented to me a month ago and it's about that time we're halfway through the year so i wanted you and i'm gonna do the same I wanted you to give me your five best games that you've played so far this year. Oh, snap. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, <clears throat> we're starting with me. Uh, I got to say one is Frostpunk. Um, uh, I absolutely love that game. I've talked about it a few times so far. Frostpunk is a, it's a survival game from, I believe they're called 11-Bit Studios. Um, it's like a survival strategy game, real-time strategy. You have a base in a sort of 
post-apocalyptic wintry world and there's like snow effects are really good and you know like like uh rise of the tomb raider like they leave trails through the snow and stuff like that and you have to um basically build up a survival sea in amongst this crazy blizzard and you make moral decisions and um it's got this like steampunk aesthetic it's a really it's a really gorgeous game and um it's just my kind of game really survival depressing post-apocalyptic uh perfect game for me it's a bit short you know it doesn't last very long there's only like two scenarios to do and basically once you've done them there's not much replay value unless you want to you know crank up that difficulty they did add new difficulty modes recently i think but i think what people really want is new scenarios and i think they are adding some in the future so they do have a robust roadmap i think for that game but yeah frostpunk is definitely one of them um sticking with the, the survival theme surviving mars is also yeah. one of my favorite games this year um so i mars again it's a survival sim strategy game where you're fighting the elements but instead of a post-apocalyptic wintry world you're trying to set up a colony on mars you know build farms you know keep your colonists alive with oxygen and water and stuff like that and i really like surviving mars because they um they really nailed the console version and um frostpunk is pc only um they haven't ported it to xbox uh so it's like designed from the ground up for a mouse but uh, surviving mars was designed with a controller in mind and they did a really good job so surviving mars also gets a pick there um uh what else far cry 5 Ooh, um, yes. because i far cry 4 i felt was a bit stale uh far cry primal was pretty good i, I like far cry primal but again it felt kind of limited because you know it was in the primal era but they did a really great job with that game i really liked it but um i think far cry 5 sort of it celebrates it more celebrates what makes far cry a good game stripped stripped out some of the annoying stuff like the towers and um i had a blast playing that in co-op and stuff and a really powerful story and character and stuff and i still haven't fully finished it actually but it's like you know i need to go back and finish it off i was pretty close to the end but there's that uh what else man what else came out this year i mean i can't believe we haven't even talked about your game of the year yet like oh, i'm saying the k2 obviously well that and then the other game i mean that's like five games right there is it you can't you don't even you've talked about this other game like a month every, until well. Yeah, I was gonna say like <laughs> oh, was that this year. God, yeah, God. that was January of this year, or early February. Oh yeah, it was February. Yeah, State of Decay two and Monster Hunter World. It's just hard to remember on the spot, man. But yeah, it's funny you mentioned Monster Hunter World because like I've sort of I sort of got bored of it recently because um they added Kulv they added Kulv Taroth, which was like this giant dragon monster in this unique area in gold and all this awesome stuff. And it, it like it felt like wow, this is the kind of precedent they've set for new content now. But since Kulv, they haven't really added anything that interesting. They've sort of added some recolored armor, some recolored monsters, and it's just kind of like eh, I can't really be bothered to come back for that. But they did announce at E3 a partnership with Final Fantasy XIV of all games. And, I, did, um, I did see that. That's that is kind of weird. <laughs> it, it is kind of weird. Like the the behemoth from Final Fantasy, the Final Fantasy franchise, which has been in every Final Fantasy since Final Fantasy two, I think. So behemoth is like this giant purple line thing, and um, behemoth is going to be in Monster Hunter World in its own area 
with its own tactics. It's not a recolor of another monster. It's like a, a completely unique fight. And it's going to have its own armor and stuff like that. So I'm going to come back from monster to monster Hunter to play that boss fight because it looks awesome. And um, so there is that. But uh, I think like I think State of Decay might have usurped Monster Hunter World for my game of the year this year. It's going to be interesting to revisit this at the end of the year. You know, that's that's why I made the video because I wanted to see if anything would really change, what games would drop out, what games would slot in. And I'm just wondering for you because I, I have this feeling State of Decay is going to be number one for you because I don't. Are you really looking forward to any of the games coming out at the end of the year that much? No, I really am. Uh, Fallout. I'm sorry, but Fallout 76. I am sick with hype for that game. Sick. I like that. I'm I like. Sick I am with sick with hype. I'm sick with hype for Fallout 76. You know, I like. I like survival games. I like apocalypses. Is that the plural of apocalypses? Apocalypses or apocalypses? I don't know. But um, I like apocalypse. I love Fallout. And although I kind of. I, I was actually quite disappointed with Fallout 4 because it stripped away a lot of the decision making and a lot of the your choices matter kind of stuff. Your choices didn't matter in Fallout 4. And it really annoyed me. So, like, I didn't play Fallout 4 anywhere near as much as I played New Vegas or Fallout 3. But, um, because it, there was just there was no reason to go back to it because um, the, the, there's like two major decisions which affect the plot in any sort of meaningful way and then the rest of the all the sort of extra curricular quests are just sort of pointless um so fallout 76 does away with that in a way and it's sort of it's more focused on they describe it as soft core survival so it's not as hardcore as rust or um and um even Minecraft, like in Minecraft, if you die, you drop all your stuff. And so if you drop, if you die somewhere really dangerous, you're not getting that stuff back. But in Fallout 76, you do get to keep your stuff. It's more like a, a looting, fighting game. And it's like asynchronous multiplayer, like Sea of Thieves. So I'm kind of thinking like, I was so excited for Sea of Thieves and what Sea of Thieves represented is this asynchronous multiplayer world where like all this crazy stuff could happen. But I felt the execution was far from what I expected. And we've talked about that loads. Yeah. And although Sea of Thieves has improved um, and it's going to improve even more with subsequent DLC, I kind of feel like Bethesda is going to nail that format more than Rare will. You know, I kind of, I kind of feel that. So I, I think like, I'm really excited for what they pull off there. So even though State of Decay 2 is probably my game of the year right now, I don't think... Also, Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, <laughs> I love I love Red Dead Redemption One, and it's you know it's it's almost cliche to be excited for Red Dead Redemption, but I love the Wild West and Rockstar rock stars, so I'm expecting that to be high on my list too. Uh, Fallout seventy six, also Battlefield Five. I'm really excited for Battlefield Five. I love Battlefield games. Um, I'm a Battlefield guy. Um, I like World War Two as a setting, so I mean I'm really looking forward to their portrayal of that. And uh, I'm sure there's loads of other games that could potentially make my, you know, game of the year list. I'm sure Stay of Decay will be on there. Like, I do, I do this at the end of... Uh, this is, like, will be the third year of the Jazz Game Awards. My Game Awards show. Not the Windows Central Game Awards show, but the Jazz... The Jazzies? Yeah, the Jazzies. The okay. Jazzies. We, we, do, we do the Windows Central Game Awards, the official ones. But I also do my own Game Awards. They're the worst game awards 
in the world, mm. but they're important to me, Rand. That's, that's right. Um, so before I get into my uh, top games, I have two super chats here. I got a shout out. Cyrus Burke for the super chat. He says, is MPD credible after State of Decay 2 success, Rand? We'll talk about that during the State of Decay 2 segment. And, uh, <laughs> Michael Hughes, uh, he says, please say hello to Jez from Mike in Stonal. Barney Boy Hughes. Keep up the great work, chaps. Oh. Hugs. Thanks, man. So, thanks for the support. But yeah, so I, you know, you, because remember, I I, I, uh, I DM'd you because we talked quite a bit. I'm like, give me a video idea. So, you know, and you're like, oh, I want to see, you know, we're coming up halfway of the year. Tell me what your favorite games are for the year. So I made that video. And uh, for me, the best games I played so far this year, uh, number five was, uh, what I, what I put? Now, now, I'm, now I'm blanking on what it was. But number five was... <laughs> We're so good at preparing for I know. Poker. No, number five, number, number five was A Way Out. Uh, I really enjoyed that game in co-op. Number four was Celeste, which is one of the best platformers I've ever played. It's on every platform, too. So, like, if you want to play it on the Switch or I Xbox. I haven't played that. You, you should. To me. I did. I, I recommend it. a lot. You haven't even played Hellblade, for Christ's sake. <laughs> you haven't even played Hellblade. Onrush would have been there, but it's a little, uh, it's, like, outside. It's in the top ten. It's just not in the top five. Um, number three was Detroit Become Human. I like that game quite a bit. It is my style of games. Like I enjoy those uh, interactive story what games. I guess you would call it. Nah, this was more of an interactive <laughs> like movie game, like Life is Strange or the Telltale stuff. Uh, number number two was Far Cry Five. Like I love Far Cry Five. Um, I like enjoyed. I think I played that game for thirty hours and I enjoyed like every second of it. And God of War is number one for me, at least. Um, you know, it's it, it does everything right, like gameplay matched with like cinematics and and story and all that great stuff. But uh, I don't know. Like, I, I thought it'd be tough for Far Cry Five to get knocked out on the number one spot for me because that's how much I liked Far Cry Five. But then God of War came along, and here I am, like, well, nothing's gonna top God of War. But like you said, we still have. Red Dead Redemption 2 coming at the end of the year, and Rockstar always brings their A games. Is Rage 2 this year? No, Rage, Rage 2 is next year. Um, I'm a big Tomb Raider fan, so Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Um, I, no, I, I'm not a big Tomb Raider see, fan. I am, but like, even even with that, I was like, I don't know if it could potentially upset God of War. Uh, I don't really expect anything from Battlefield or Call of Duty. Uh, I don't really. Ex- I, I expect Hitman Two to be good, but not really like amazing. I'm not that big of a fan of Fallout, even though I'll try Fallout seventy six. Um, Spider Man's like the only one like left that potentially has, uh, you know, like the pedigree maybe to to unseat or at least get in there. Uh, as far as the rest ones, like. I don't know. I'm just really excited to finally get into the fall where I'm going to be spending a ton of money. Oh, and Forza Horizon 4, I f- forgot. Like, I love the F- Forza games. Uh, well, I should specify, I love the Horizon games. I'm not that big of a fan of motorsport. And what they're doing with seasons and the whole open world aspect of Forza Horizon 4 with, like, what you're in a, you're in a server with 72 other people. Uh, they got jobs and all this stuff and how it looks. Not a big fan of it being in the UK, Jez, though. Like, I wish they went... Why? I don't know. It just, I don't know. Yeah, like, they pick the they pick the UK because there's no there's nowhere else that has the full the full 
like range of weather types in such a short amount of time. Like it's totally realistic to have summer, winter, autumn, and spring within a, within a four week gap in England. That's totally realistic. That happens. All, all I'm saying is like I'm not <laughs> the, I'm not a fan of the UK pick. Not, it, it doesn't you know like I I wish they went. I'm not to, a fan of you. How about well, that? Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> expressing opinion here <laughs> i don't know like i, I you, oh, you know man. the whole japan rumor would have been cool just because it would have been different it would have like a different style uh cypress smurf, smurf says like norway i don't know man like i i just I, like forza horizon 2 was set in like france and a little bit of italy and like a lot of what i was seeing in forza horizon 4 reminded me of that mm. um I don't know. It was just like Forza 1 was in Colorado and it was the first of its kind and it was great. Forza 2, yeah, went to France. It really looked different. And then Forza 3 went to Australia, which looked completely different. And then, I don't know, the UK, it just, here's what it is. You know what it is? The UK just seems like a blah choice. No offense to any UKers out there. It just Whoa. seems kind of like a Whoa. blah choice. You know what I'm blah saying? Blah choice? What is blah. that? I mean, it you, just, can't you even come up with a proper word to describe it blah is a proper word blah yeah i don't know it just you suck man i i i am so offended right now i'm triggered man i am triggered someone get me that gif the triggered gif i need that i mean i don't know what else to say like (laughs) i don't when they they did australia it was like oh man look at all this you got desert you got a city you got a rainforest you got all this stuff there at least give it a chance hey Oh, well, of course I'm going to give it a chance. Like, I love Forza Horizon. It was my number two game of the year in 2016. I expect I mean, to give the, give the my UK top five. Give the UK a chance. Give the UK a chance. I'm just, I don't know. I, I kind of just wanted, like, a different style. Like, Japan with all the neon stuff. Uh, London has yeah. neon stuff. Man. I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know. You'll see. You'll see. I think, uh, I think it'll surprise you. I think, like... um there's a lot there's a lot of different types of terrain in the UK. I think I think it will surprise people. Like the when people think of the UK, they don't often think of like mountains and stuff like that, like Scotland and you know, I think they did a good job of showing the different types of locations that'll be in the in the game, yeah. but people are at people are people are people are triggered in chat. They're asking me if I've been to the UK and if I've seen the roads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They should be triggered. And they should be triggered. But I don't know. It was, it was just funny when, when Ralph Felton got got up on stage and he was just like, "And we're bringing Forza Horizon to historic Great Britain." I was just like, "Eh, oh, yeah. <laughs> like really, Great Britain? We're going to Great Britain? We've been in you, Europe. You suck, man. I'm so. We've been in Europe though. We've, we've had a Forza Horizon in Europe, you, dude. In Forza Horizon Two. UK is different from the rest of Europe, man. Trust me, I've been there. Okay, I'm so prejudiced. This is kind of a joke. Yeah, I'm not you're I, that, you're look. Forza Horizon Four is going to be fantastic. <laughs> I, t- uh, I tell you something, right? I'm not into racing games, and people who watch this watch this show, they know I don't like racing games. But I am excited just to see the UK represented in you know AAA graphics because I can't. It's not really been done before. I mean, Frostpunk is technically set in the UK, but it's covered in snow, so you know. I want to see it. I want to see it in modern graphics. I think it'd be awesome. Do you, do you remember GTA London? I didn't, I didn't. I didn't play GTA London. So. GTA London was sweet, man. I'm sorry. I, I always secretly hope that there'll be a GTA set in England again. I don't know why they haven't done that. Like in the you know the the gangster era 
in London or whatever. That'd be cool. Everyone's right. everyone's telling me to stop knocking the UK. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I'll stop. I'll stop knocking the UK when we get to a hundred likes. How's that? Oh wow, that was a pretty good one. Yeah, and we only need about forty-three more likes, and then no more, no more UK talk. There you go. So hit that button. <laughs> um, no, I'm still looking incredibly forward to that game. Uh, it, I mean, it looked phenomenal. Incredibly, yeah. It looks yeah, 4K sixty. They're going for right. Well, okay. They said there's going to be a sixty frames mode. I'm assuming it'll be a performance uh-huh. mode, and it'll probably t- be 1080p. Uh, I would guess. But this is this is the interesting thing, right? And going slightly off topic, but um, Gears of War was saying that they're aiming for 4K sixty across all their modes as well. Is that is that going to be a thing now on the X? 4K sixty as a standard. Um. Maybe for the next console. Um, well, wait. So, so no, they were talking about the X. Gears, the Gears of War devs said that they want 4K 60 for all game modes and Gears of War 4 on the X. And they said that for Forza. I'm sure they said that for Forza Horizon as well. And is that is that like of the lava 4K 60 uh, performance mode? I guess. But it's like, is that like something that are going to be standard now for Microsoft's AAA devs? I don't know. I mean, I would. When the X came out, I said what I would like to see is every one of Microsoft's first-party titles to have the option of 4K and the option of 60 frames. Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed that Sea of Thieves didn't have that choice. A little bit disappointed that State of Decay 2 didn't have that choice, just by how like framey that game can be in certain spots. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, like you know, Gears of War 4 had the option after the X came out, so. Like I'm not surprised that they're targeting that. I, I'm just wondering if it's going to be like 60 all the way through for everybody. Like obviously multiplayer is going to be 60 frames regardless, but is the campaign going to be 60 frames for like Xbox One owners, Xbox One S owners, and X owners? Like it's not a mode you switch on. You know, that'd be interesting to find out, and I'm prob- they'll probably talk more about it next year. But I would love for there to be more options for frame rate. And maybe we'll get that with um, with Project Scarlet, huh? Project Scarlet, yeah. yeah. Whatever that system's going to be, <clears throat> whatever specs it has in a couple it's gonna years. Be, it's going to be a USB dongle. And you just stream it's, games to Like what, like a $15 USB dongle? Yes. No. <laughs> I don't know. That's, yeah. that's what people say, though, isn't it? That Microsoft's quitting the console industry. Oh, yeah, of course. They, they bought five studios, they announced new consoles, and they're leaving. <laughs> they're leaving they're leaving yeah. everybody behind no um yeah i don't know because phil talked about in the interview with giant bomb that like frame rate is one of the things that they can improve upon and like i would all i'll always choose frame rate over resolution like when i play forza horizon 4 even though it looks stunning like watching it in the trailers and on 4k on mixer as soon as i get that game that game's going on 60 frames i, I might i might fool around just for a little bit in the beginning to check out you know how it looks in 4K because I have a TV, but you know the 4K television. But I will definitely be playing that game in 60 frames. I'll take the resolution hit, but you're the opposite, aren't you, Jez? Yes, you I always am. choose resolution. I don't always choose resolution. No, I do, you always choose resolution. I do in single player games because I just want I want to make use of my pixels in competitive. Yeah, 60 frames all the way. You're damn right, but 60 frames all the way in competitive. Well, 60 frames for it everything. It doesn't matter. 
when you're playing offline. Yeah, it does. Let's, let's not get into this. Let's not get into this. No, what we a- are going to get into this. Oh, my no. God. No. no. Please. Jazz, you just don't understand the beauty of 60 frames per second. Uh, it's not beautiful. Play, definitely. you know what? Why don't you play PUBG and tell me about how amazing and cinematic the, the I said competitive work. games I will play in 60 frames. Mm. But single player games, I like to use my pixels, man. I like mm. them to look better. Yeah, people are saying uh, Marlesco says he would take 1440p 60 frames all day. I'd take 1440p 60 frames. I think that's the best of both worlds. That's what that's what Monster Hunter has. It has like a performance mode, I think. Or no. I don't know. It does but, like, have a performance mode. But um <clears throat> I'd take that. But like I just feel like I've got a 4K TV with all these extra pixels. I want to use those pixels as much as possible, you know. I don't know. Different strokes, man. Nick says strokes. Nick says he'll smash us both at 15 frames. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe. You know what's uh, fifteen? What um, what I actually did get down to fifteen frames recently. What vampire on the uh, Xbox One S? That dropped down that far? It needs it needs a performance patch on the on the S. I've been playing it on the on the X recently because uh, I'm back in Germany now. I've got my X back. It's the it's difference is night and day. That game does not run that well on um on the on the S. I mean, going off topic here slightly, but it's um like because I'm still reviewing it slowly because I've got such a backlog of stuff to do since E3 and I've been reviewing Vampires. I decided to review it in depth rather than just do a quick hit review because it's so late now. But on the on the S, I've nearly gotten killed because of the frame rate drops, which ain't great. It's not great, man. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Have you played that yet? Uh no, I have not. I'm addicted to PUBG, dude. You know how it well, is. Well, I I um I remember when you said a few podcasts back that you quit PUBG. I, I, yeah, I know. It's like any addiction, dude. It's like it's like the the World Health Organization, you know, classifying gaming as a <laughs> as a disorder. I, oh, I have a disorder, and it's PUBG. What can I, can't I say? You did that. Uh, yeah, you know, gotta gotta tie in some some you know current topics in there that is current that is current man it is it is very very current but um no like so i bought uh next week i know a lot of a lot of people in chat probably like what um i bought near automata for the xbox one and i'm going to be playing it next week when it launches ah i know you've been kind of pushing me to play it because i do have it on my pro I um I never I never finished Nero. I got it on Steam. Never finished it, but I'll uh, I'm gonna get it for Xbox One as well. Yeah, and try and finish it off. I figured, uh, why not play it on the system that will give you better visuals, better frame rate, uh, has the better controller, um, and uh, has uh, the better uh, achievement trophy system, or at least to say (laughs) the one that I care about. Because I don't care about trophies. So why would I? Why would I play it on PlayStation? You know. I'll play it on my Xbox. Exactly. Hopefully it's good. It uh, is good. Hopefully. Yeah, well, what I played of it was good. Very good. But uh, it is nice seeing some of these. Uh, and, and Did you see, uh, speaking of games coming from PlayStation to Xbox, did you see the No Man's Sky Xbox pre-order bonus? No, what was it? You get like, <laughs> you get like an Xbox-themed spacesuit with a giant Xbox logo helmet. Like a, for an avatar? No, for for your for your dude in um 
for your space dude in No Man's Sky. Oh, oh, yeah, that's supposed to be coming out pretty soon, isn't it? July, July, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're gonna play that? You're gonna give that a go? I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe. I got so many games, not not just on Xbox, but also on PlayStation. Like, I recently bought Yakuza Zero on PlayStation uh, right. because it was on sale. Gopher's really been up. Like, he's been really like, you need to play Yakuza because I also bought Persona Five because it was on sale, and he's like, you need to play, you need to play Yakuza or you need to play Persona, right? And I'm like, well, I mean, I don't. I mean, I used to really love JRPGs when I was younger, uh, you know. And I'm, he's like, I'm, I'm kind of jealous about Persona. Not being on Xbox, I love Persona Three. See, yeah, and there, there's even... Gopher in chat just saying, "Just play the game, Rand. Just play the game." So you should play it, man. Why do you hate games, Rand? I don't hate games. It's just tough because, like, every single night I get on, Magic pops on, Maka pops on, Gopher pops on. They're like, "You're getting on PUBG, Rand. Getting on PUBG." And it's in just like, voice? "Yeah, well, no, voice. not that voice, but you know, they're just like PUBG time." <laughs> and if I say no, they're like, "What do you mean, no, Rand?" <laughs> what do you what do you mean no rand oh no and they like you know and it's like okay okay don't hurt me please like i'll i'll keep on playing PUBG. please don't hurt me um but yeah like i don't know i was i because I, I was asking maybe i'll ask chat what do you think i'd like more yakuza zero or persona five because gopher thinks i'll like yakuza better so that's the one i was gonna play but i don't know he also says he doesn't think i have it in me to actually finish persona 5 because it's a 150 hour game and uh that is a long time i never finished persona 3 and that's a pretty long game too see so everybody's got yakuza is persona 3 and 4 on place oh, persona uh, 3 and 4 on playstation 4 i Anyone don't know? know i don't really know See, there's a lot of like old PlayStation games I'd love to play on a, on a modern system, but Sony hates backwards compatibility for some reason. Well, right now they do. Next gen they won't. Mm. Right? Next next gen they won't. Uh, they'll they'll definitely have back compat for uh, PlayStation Four. What if they don't, man? Well, I mean, according to the PlayStation fans that I interact with, nobody plays old games, so they wouldn't care. All right. I mean, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, but there's, there's a ton of games. Like, there's also the Crew Two coming out pretty soon, which I really enjoyed the demo of. You got Nier Automata. What, you got what Crash, crew... Crash Bandicoot coming uh, next week as well. What makes what makes the Crew unique as a racing game? Well, it's like a it's it's a racing game, but it's also a racing game with cars, boats, and aeroplanes and bikes. You you don't really see racing games that feature boats or or planes very much, and this one also it has the gigantic open world, the United States of America, the entirety of it. So you can go to Chicago, Vegas, Los Angeles, New York. Uh, you can like kind of group together and go on convoys and stuff. But you can switch on the fly. You could be a car and be like, you know what, I'm gonna switch to a plane. And then you're flying in a plane, all right? I'm gonna near water. I'm gonna switch to a boat. But the thing was, I played the beta. And I actually liked how the cars drove. I actually liked how everything handled. Uh, it was very arcadey, which is what I prefer in a racer. So I was like, hey, this is very interesting to me. Like, I might pick this game up. Hmm. I don't know. I There's just two- try. I still want to try Onrush, because you were raving about that. Yeah, Onrush is a great game. Onrush is really cool. Um, but man, we kind of went off top- topic for a little bit there. Let's Let's bring it back in. 
uh, and let's talk about what do you want to talk about, Jazz? What do you want to talk about first? What is the topic? <clears throat> you want to talk about Xbox and Nintendo sitting in a tree? Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's oh talk. man, Xbox and Nintendo. So uh, last week during E3, everybody was piling on Sony because of the Fortnite crossplay debacle. Finally, Fortnite came to the Nintendo Switch. But if you had ever linked your PlayStation account uh, to your Epic account at some point, you couldn't then take it to the Switch or Xbox. And people were outraged, demanding Sony's head. Kind of subsided a little bit. But then yesterday, with the release of the Bedrock version of Minecraft, uh, Nintendo released an ad. And it actually featured a person playing with the Switch controller next to a person playing on an Xbox controller. And it was just like, you know, uh, they were playing Minecraft and then ended with, like, uh, survive together, create together, uh, better together. And then it was, like, Xbox green with the Xbox One logo on the left side, Nintendo Switch, uh, Nintendo Red, and Nintendo Switch logo on the right side split perfectly in half on Nintendo's official YouTube channel. And then, like, on Twitter, the official accounts for Nintendo and Xbox and Minecraft were all just having a great time. And it was just so, it was such an interesting and effective marketing tool, not only to show that, hey, look at what you can cross-play with, but maybe more importantly, look who's not doing cross-play. Because there's... It was, um, (laughs) I I tweeted last week, didn't I? I I tweeted, I literally last week tweeted, if Sony doesn't unblock cross-play, they're handing Microsoft and Nintendo great marketing tools for the holiday season. I was thinking they'd push that. If they were going to do that, it would come as a holiday season, but they're already doing it. So you, I kind of feel like this is just the tip of the iceberg. And, uh, we're going to see more of this sort of stuff. <clears throat> I don't know where this is going to go. Do you think Sony will relent? Or do you think they're just going to stay the course? And just keep blocking it? Um, I think they'll... I. I, I... Honestly, I think they'll relent until it affects their business in any sort of tangible way. I'm sure they're talking about it internally. And I, so people send me all this stuff. Like, I get tagged in a lot of things. And the Loot Gaming, which is why I never really mentioned this or did a video about it, they had some sort of exclusive talking about how PSN name changes were happening this year. But more importantly than that was that Sony is going to overturn their policy for crossplay uh, for next gen. You see, I, <clears throat> I've heard, I had heard before E three that Sony might be allowing crossplay, but it didn't happen. Um, I talked to you about that privately, didn't I? Yeah, um, we talked about it. I told you it wasn't true. Uh, that's why I didn't. I mean, because it, it was so unbelievable. I was like, no, Jazz, this ain't happening, buddy. But <laughs> like, know? clearly, they, like you say, they must be talking about it. I'm sure they're they're I'm sure they're you know thinking about like would it hurt our business? Could it help our business? I mean I'm sure it's not one of those decisions that they yeah. will arrive to I mean, like rashly like we're we're getting destroyed in PR right now. Yeah, like yeah. flip on the switch. No, they'll 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 take the data, look at it, see if there's any tangible proof that it's affecting them in in a negative way or a positive way, and then they'll revisit it. Yeah, I mean credit to Sony. I mean everyone's hating on Sony right now, but. They can't, it's like you say, they can't just just suddenly do it. They've got a plan for it. 
they've got to figure it out. They've got to f- decide whether it actually makes business sense for them as the market leader. They can't like Sony and Sony and Nintendo. It's a no um, Microsoft and Nintendo. It's a no brainer. I have to think about it, but because so- Sony's business model right now relies on their install base, they can't just they can't just do it. They've got to think about it carefully. So I don't blame Sony for taking their time with it, but I think like if they keep ignoring it, like. Uh, into next gen, I think it could be problematic. I don't know. Well, I mean, they're just running the, their business the best they see how, right? <clears throat> and to them, uh, they their install base and what they're doing is is like they're using it as leverage. Yeah. Like, why would what? Think about it. Like, Sony's number one. They have the most consoles sold. They sell the most games. Why would they want to help their competitors? In yeah. any way, shape, or form. Yeah, you could argue that this would be more helping gamers and more helping developers, right? But they're looking at it like this is this would affect our business. That if we allow someone on Xbox to play with their friend on PlayStation or vice versa, then that gives less of incentive for you know that person to convert their friend into PlayStation, so they sell less PlayStations, and that's yeah, their business model. So I don't blame them one bit for not doing crossplay, like. It, for them, it makes total business sense. And for Microsoft and Nintendo, this uh, this makes sense for them. Microsoft has been very vocal about options and removing restrictions from everything. You want to play an Xbox? Great, we got a game for you. You want to play on PC with all the better stuff? We got a game for you. You want to you know, eventually play on mobile with the streaming thing we're building? You can do it there. Uh, you want to play cross-play with PC and mobile? We got you. Want to play cross-play with Nintendo? Microsoft, ever since Phil's gotten in the new, like, focus of what it is is it's about removing restrictions and letting you play the games you want to play with the people you want to play with you know uh anywhere and nintendo clearly doesn't really see microsoft as that much of a competition you know like they don't view them as like maybe competition like sony views microsoft you know as yeah it's Uh, it's because it's the form factor thing it's like yeah okay you, you can't play on two screens at the same time but the switch now is a great companion device for PlayStation. And I was talking, I was talking on Twitter earlier because I was like, I've been deciding what console to get next for a long time. And for a long time, PlayStation was the no brainer. But now with this cross play stuff, I, I'm starting to think, well, maybe I should get a switch because then I can play, play games on the go, which is value that the PlayStation can't add. But not only that, but I can play games with my girlfriend like using the Switch crossplay stuff, which I wouldn't be able to do on PlayStation. So the PlayStation would literally just be a box for playing exclusives. Most of those exclusives are single player and probably wouldn't I probably wouldn't bother playing them again after I played them just because I don't have that much time. So a lot of the time my PlayStation would be gathering dust. So to me, it doesn't make any sense to buy a PlayStation right now when I think about it. See and- I mean, okay, well, every, everybody's everybody's different. Like, for me, like, I wanted to play the PlayStation exclusives. And, yeah, somebody did buy me the PlayStation, but I would have bought it because I was planning on it because there was some great-looking games that I wanted to play. I know everybody has, like, you don't have the room, you don't have the money, you don't have any of this, and that's fine. Like, it, it's, I don't know. I do have the money, but it's kind of like, well, I mean, value for money for me. Well, sure, okay, so, like, you buy a PlayStation and you only play it for three games. Is that worth $300? I don't know. I can't make that decision for you. All I know is like, I, 
my PlayStation for the most part is turned off. Like I turned it on for God of War, loved it. Best game of the year. Detroit loved it. I'll turn it on again for Spider-Man and maybe in between I'll play a couple other games. Like, you know, I played Uncharted Lost Legacy and some other stuff. There are some great games on the platform, which is why I have it. I even have a Nintendo Switch. And you want to know something? I haven't turned on the Nintendo Switch in three months. Uh, I only have four games for it, but it's like there's nothing on the platform that I want outside of those four games. And I can play those four games at any point in time I want. Uh, I bought it just to have it in case Nintendo drops like a really huge game that like everybody needs to have. Uh, and I, I went in knowing, you know, spending all that money, knowing this was going to be the outcome and I was fine with it. Um, but honestly, like once I play those four games, which is legend of Zelda, Mario Odyssey and the two Bayonettas, there's really nothing on the switch that interests me. Like, I don't care about smash bros. I don't care about, um, I don't care about Pokemon. The only other game that really you don't care about me, Pokemon? No, I, I could I could give two shits about Pokemon. I don't you care. You hate Great Britain and you hate Pokemon. I don't yes. know why we're friends anymore. I don't hate Pokemon. I just don't care about Pokemon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like when people yeah, say they don't care about Halo. Like, I, okay, you don't care about Halo. You don't play Halo. I don't care about Pokemon. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not going to play Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> I do. I, what, I, I will say, like, I am interested in Metroid Prime 4 and Bayonetta 3. Uh, so those are two games I'm looking forward to, but like the rest of the Nintendo stuff, I just don't really care for. Um, but I bought it knowing that, and you know, it sits there, and I'll play it, whatever. But taking it back to the whole crossplay thing for a second, this was completely surreal and something I never thought we'd see. Like Microsoft and Nintendo together, like working together, being in an ad together, this chummy. Like, go back 10 years and think about that for a second. Yeah, and I know, like, Microsoft and Sony were playing coy with the idea of Wii 60, if you remember. But, like, this is a different level. This is, like... And, and I don't know, it just it just seems like... It kind of speaks to Microsoft's wider attempt to court favor with other companies now. Because, like, Microsoft has this PC monopoly... Which isn't growing. The PC, the, the PC business is done. It can't, it can't get any bigger. It's as big as it's ever going to get. So it's sort of like in maintenance mode now. So if Microsoft wants to grow beyond there, it's moved to the cloud in order to try and do that. But the thing is, cloud needs screens. Microsoft doesn't have a lot of screens outside of its PC business. It tried to make a mobile business, and it failed. So Microsoft needs more screens. So in order to get to those screens... To, to bring their cloud services to those screens, which Microsoft calls the intelligent edge, they need to be buddied up with companies. And that's why you have Microsoft on stage, Apple conferences now, demonstrating Office 365 on Mac and iPad and stuff. That's why you've got Office on Android now and stuff like that. That's why you've got Gears Pop and you know some other mobile games coming to Android and iOS. And that's why you've got Microsoft Cloud Streaming probably coming to Nintendo Switch. And it's Microsoft showing, like, let us use the cloud to enhance your products in ways that you can't. Like, Google's Google Apps, which is their Office platform, it sucks compared to Office. Straight up garbage compared to Office. And um, so, of course, Google was going to let them bring Office to Chrome OS and stuff like that. And um, same for Apple. iWorks sucks compared to Office. It just does. And anyone who says otherwise, you're lying. It's <laughs> you're just lying. So um, 
So whereas Nintendo Switch won't be able to play AAA games unless they're like really badly downgraded or use their own weird streaming stuff like Resident Evil 7 does, um, hopefully, if Microsoft can get the technology right, Microsoft can bring AAA games to Nintendo Switch in exchange for a cut and a subscription. So uh, it's interesting times, man. Microsoft's business model is evolving. So we have a super chat from the friendly neighborhood blue shell. And he says, you do not care about Mario Kart? Jez, please throw me at Rand. I'm no longer friendly. (laughs) No, I didn't say, look, I like Mario Kart quite a bit. I have fond memories of playing Mario Kart in the 64 and Double Dash on the GameCube. However, those were always games I enjoyed playing with my buddies locally. Uh, I really don't have, like my buddies that I used to play with obviously are all kind of grown up and have their own places and their own kids. I would never spend my money on Mario Kart because who would I play against? You know what I mean? I don't, I actually like Mario Kart. It's just not something that is like in the forefront of my mind of thinking about games that I need to have, you know, I need to buy yeah, in the future. I kind of like that. I'm kind of like that with uh, Smash Bros. Like I, me and my brother used to play Smash Bros so much. Uh, like, but it was always locally. Like I, I don't know what the quality of Nintendo's online systems are like. So here's when I think here, about Jez, sorry, go on. Here's an interesting thing. Now with Microsoft and, and Nintendo getting all chummy, hmm. I did see some report. You know, some journalists uh, like I think uh, Austin, Austin Creed of of, of Waypoint. Or maybe I got his last name wrong. He was saying that when he was at E3, there was rumors going around of a bigger Microsoft and Nintendo partnership down the road and with all this stuff going on now you think one day we see nintendo come on microsoft stage or microsoft go on nintendo stage do we see maybe possible banjo or master chief be a special character in in smash bros do we see maybe i don't know uh link show up in killer instinct do you think there's other things going on between the two companies than just crossplay? i think it's 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 a given and i think it's 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 purely because like they don't feel like they're in direct competition with each other. I think Nintendo, Nintendo are going to double down on the Nintendo Switch model. I think that's where they see see their value is in handhelds. Like they've always done really well at handhelds, but they probably can't compete with Microsoft on or Sony on the AAA sort of front now. They're kind of too far behind. So they sort of they went a different direction and and brought uh, brought out a different form factor, sort of competing from the other direction. And because they're not in direct competition with each other it opens up possibilities for these partnerships and stuff. And, um, and like I said, cloud streaming on the switch is almost a given. I, I would, I would be shocked if that doesn't happen. So yeah, I definitely more partnerships. I reckon, yeah. I reckon there'll be some Microsoft character in smash bros, like banjo or something. That, that would be, be cool. Awesome. Like even master chief and smash brothers. It, it's, it, it's, it's interesting that this whole thing is going down and I would love to see where it's going to go. And, Honestly, would it be great if PlayStation was involved? Yeah. I mean, of course it would. Um, maybe yeah. they eventually get involved. Maybe, you know what? Maybe crossplay falls apart and other, and other developers and publishers stop doing it and it's not that big of a thing. But, uh, I mean, who, who knows what the future holds? You know, like, it's, it's always interesting. And, you know, PlayStation can continue. Like, this is one of the things I always see. It's like, we PlayStation doesn't need to do it because they provide us with all those amazing exclusives where it's like they can still provide you with those exclusives and also have crossplay. Like yeah. one's not preventing the other. You know what I mean? Like yeah. 
You can have the best of both worlds, which is why when I always tell you, you know, I want amazing first party games from Microsoft, you're always like, but third party, Rand. And I'm like, well, why don't you just like both? Like, why not both? Why not great and amazing first party games from Microsoft and great and amazing third party games? Not just like third party games. Remember we had that whole conversation? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, so, all right. So Infinity Hand, he, uh, you know, gave super, super chat and we appreciate it. He says, Nintendo fan. This is kind of funny. Halo and God of War milked. Oh, what's this? The 800th Pokemon game and the 1400th Mario game. Let me pre-order real quick. There <laughs> is some truth to that statement. Uh, you know, there there is a lot of truth to that statement. And Garuda Legend says Battletoads hype. Now, here's the thing. Oh, Battletoads in Battletoad type? I don't agree with Smash Bros. Look, I'm I'm if you're if you're a fan Whoa. of Battletoads, listen, listen. If you're a fan Whoa. of Battletoads, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you're, Whoa. if you're a fan of Battletoads, right? Uh I, I'm happy for you that you're we're finally getting a new Battletoads game, right? But I I I just I I kind of just snickered when they announced the new Battletoads. To be honest with you, to be completely honest with you, when they said the new Battletoads game, I was just like, really? We're really doing this in 2018? We really have a new Battletoads game coming? Like, come on. Like, bat- <laughs> let, me, let me be real here for one second. Battletoads, the game from Rare that they made, was a bad game even back then. <laughs> it's even a worse game now. Jez, do you have any counter to this? I don't have a car, man. There was so much better beat 'em ups and Battletoads out there. I mean, like Streets of Rage and well, all the Streets of Rage games. Like Battletoads, I, it was like almost like just sort of good conceptually. But the thing is, nostalgia is a powerful drug, man. I, I seriously, I went back and played Battletoads on the on the Red Collection when that came out. I was like, wow, I don't remember it being this bad. <laughs> but um. But the thing is, they'll modernize it, man. It's not like they're going to bring across everything that was annoying about it. Well, okay. Who, who's developing it? Dal- Dahlia Studios, right? La 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 Do you know what games they've made before? They've made like two. One of them being um, Overruled, which is a party game. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes you need to look at the pedigree of the studio, which is why uh, I hey, was... Overruled's just... a good game, man. Yeah. It's not a platform, ever. I mean, look, look, look. Game. I'll play it when it comes out. I'll give the game a shot, and maybe it's going to be great. But honestly, there are plenty of other IPs they could have chose to revisit. And if you're asking me, if I was in charge of Xbox, like imagine me, I'm I'm head of Xbox, Randall Thor nineteen, sitting in that <laughs> big green chair that Phil Spencer's got, you know, and I'm over there. All right, Mikey Barra, you need to go do this, this, and this. You know, Matt Booty, here's what we're doing for first party. You know, uh, Kareem, you're doing this. Matt, here's what I want you to do. Here's a list of all of our expired IPs we haven't done anything with. And we're going to choose a game on there. And Matt says to me, Battletoads is ripe for comeback. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> but the thing, the thing is, man, the thing is, man, it's not how it always works. Maybe the, the I know, La La I know. Studios, they, 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 maybe they pitched the game and it was like, this is what we want to do. Here's our prototype. And these are our plans for it. Will you will you license us the IP or got us a deal? Maybe that's how it went down, you know? Doesn't necessarily mean Microsoft was looking to make a Battletoads game. <laughs> Someone says Rand was in charge, we could Barbie Adventures 4K. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
No, I'm just saying that they have better IP out there that they haven't used. You got Conquer you could use. I mean, hell, there's better rare IP. Conquer, you got Banjo you you could use. <laughs> uh, you, you have Project Gotham Racing, even though that's a racing game. You have Shadowrun. Bring back Shadowrun, man. Like, there's so many better IPs than freaking Battletoads, you know? Now, I'm sure what happened was Dahlia Studios came to Microsoft with a pitch about the game, and they liked it, and it probably was inexpensive. And, uh, you know, it, it got it got greenlit. But I'm just saying, like, come on, Microsoft. I, I don't know. I don't know about Battletoads. That's all I'm going to say. I'll give the game a shot when it comes out in 2019, but I'm not expecting a whole lot from it. It might be amazing. You don't know, man. It could, it, it could be. It could be. Now people are saying I'm in fraud territory. Man. It, 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 <laughs> wow. I know. I didn't know there was that much Battletoads love out there. God. Dude, if Battletoads, like, there was this whole meme when I was, a, when I was well, I was going to say when I was a kid, but when I was in, like, my early 20s on, you know, on 4chan every day, there was, like, this whole meme where people would call up GameStop and ask for the launch date of the next Battletoads and, like, post the, the phone conversation. And GameStop would get really mad about it. Yeah, I remember that. That, that game has that game has a fan base. That's oh, I'm not saying it doesn't have a fan base. You know, <laughs> I'm just I I don't know. Maybe, you don't know, hold me to it. Maybe maybe it's going to be great. And if it's great, I'll be the first person to say, Microsoft, you you, you did a good one here. Battletoads <laughs> is back, baby. Uh, but I I don't know. I was never a fan of it. I was never a fan of it at all. And you know what? I even use Battletoads the rare replay version to get my 900,000 gamer score. I actually did that endless achievement, which I can pretty much imagine everybody in chat here didn't get. So come at me about your Battletoads love when you go through that endless tunnel and jump over 50 of those barricades. Let's see if you did that. I did it. It's proof because <laughs> that was my 900th achievement and it was actually on stream or 900,000 gamer score thing. So I know well, all about Battletoads. Aren't you special? You're damn right I'm special. <laughs> Anyways, um, so Xbox and Nintendo, we'll see what the future holds for that. And uh, let's get into, let's take it into uh, Gears Tactics, Jez. Gears Tactics. Gears Tactics kind of caused a a storm recently. Not so much after the press conference, because everybody was like, oh man, Microsoft had really an excellent E3. You know, they, they shut down the critics about, you know, staying long term. They built, you know, they bought these five studios or four studios, building up a new one to address the concerns and problems that people have with first party. They showed some amazing Japanese support finally coming to the system in droves. It was such a great press conference that people kind of like didn't really want to like talk about the fact that Gears Tactics was a game coming exclusively to PC. But then you remove a week from E3 and suddenly now it's a topic of discussion. And it goes along the lines of, is it really fair? And I'll explain it here. So we all know Xbox games, Xbox first-party games, exclusives, what have you. Um, they end up on the PC day and date. It's called Xbox Play Anywhere. It's a very pro-consumer thing. You buy one copy, you get the other copy for free, vice versa. It's a great thing. However, it doesn't really work the opposite direction. Uh, Age of Empires 4 is a game that's not coming to Xbox, even though I understand that. The legacy of how it is, an RTS. Uh, they don't want to dumb it down for console. I get it. Not that upset about it. Don't really care about Age of Empires. Gears is a little different story that usually, you know, that that people upset because Gears is an Xbox franchise that started on the console. Um, 
and people are upset that it's a PC exclusive, and they wonder why isn't the same thing hold true for Xbox games going to PC? Why isn't it PC games coming to Xbox? Why is it that there's segregation? And considering it's not an RTS, like StarCraft or any other things, it's an XCOM game, which XCOM games are plentiful on the system, and you really don't need you know precise controls for it. Jez, why why is this Gears game not coming to the system? People are upset about it. It is weird, uh, you know, and uh, we both we both agree that it probably is coming to Xbox eventually, but not not for launch at least. Um, I mean, you can totally expect that this game is going to hit Xbox in the future uh, at some point. I would bet money on it. But that said, at the very least, it's not coming day and day, so it might be like you know, maybe years later, you know, who knows? But I think, like, who's developing it? Splash Damage, right? Um, yes. So, either Splash Damage just isn't big enough to make both versions of the game, and they want to focus entirely on the PC version to make sure it's as good as it can be, or they don't want to bring it to both systems first because they saw maybe they saw something in age of empires definitive edition that they didn't see with other games that hit both systems day and day because the thing is when you're marketing a play anywhere game and you say yes it's a pc game i think people still think of it as an xbox game and don't realize that it is on both systems but when you're marketing a Play Anywhere game, well, sorry, a UWP game, and it is PC only, they might see it more as a PC game. And I think Microsoft wants Gears Tactics to be a success on PC because, you know, tactical games, their biggest fan base tends to be on PC. And this is true for XCOM as well. So I think this, at least in some capacity, is a messaging thing. And I think it's partially an experiment too. Because don't forget, Play Anywhere is kind of unprecedented. No other company does this, really. Where you buy a game on console, you get it on PC as well. No other company does this. And I think Microsoft has seen situations where they can't market a PC game because it's Play Anywhere and because the focus is always on the Xbox version. We actually, I actually see this on Windows Central. When, we cover, when we're covering games that are Play Anywhere, the PC version of the game gets completely overlooked. Because people think of it as an Xbox game. So, like, I think there's, like, an experiment here to some degree to see what the case is when it comes to how they should market games that are better suited to a PC audience. I think the fact that Halo Wars 2 was marketed as both really hurt the game. Mm -hmm. Because I think PC gamers were just like, well, this is just going to be a dumbed-down console game with you know a pc version we don't want that we want a real rts and i think that really hurt halo wars 2 um unfairly so because uh halo wars 2 is a great game in my opinion but i think that's i think that's where it is coming from and i think like this is going to be i think xbox fans will get their hands on it eventually but i think for the time being we just need to accept it i mean it does suck for people who don't have a pc but it's also there's also like something else going beyond the scenes. I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. I, I think Gears Tactics will come to Xbox. 
Uh, maybe not day and date, but potentially a couple months afterwards. And um, I, I I don't know. The only thing I could think of was they wanted to do this for the PC crowd first and then eventually put it on Xbox. Like, I don't really... I know, it really doesn't... Like, I, I would understand this more if Gears Tactics was like a StarCraft RTS. You know? Yeah. Where this it's like... What, this is what they should have done with Halo Wars. Right. Not... not. Yes, tactics. But I mean, it's an XCOM game, so the whole like, well, the PC exactly. controls matter. It's like, no, they don't. XCOM is a, it's, it's like a turn based. Like, you don't need the, you know, the, the complex like controls. Yeah, sure. Like, it, it works. Like, XCOM works on consoles, and it's just, it is, it is a little weird. Like, I understand, like, they want to branch out the Gears universe to more, which is why they're calling it Gears Five now. Like, everything is just Gears, which I think is a pretty good idea of just dropping of War, calling it Gears Five. Yeah, have Gears Tactics and Gears Pop as like games in the universe of Gears. Yeah. You know, you don't see anybody complaining about Gears Pop being a mobile game uh, and not coming to Xbox because, well, it's a mobile game. But I think there's some people out there who really do like the XCOM style experience and want more exclusives on the Xbox. So they feel kind of slighted when Microsoft's like, no, we're going to keep exclusives on the PC. And honestly, one of the things I, I think they, they are keeping as PC is because they want to drive engagement to Windows 10 because the engagement on Windows 10 gaming side isn't very high to begin with. You know, they're always they're using Xbox games to help grow Windows 10. But that only works so far. And they, you know, if you make a, 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 like a Gears RTS, which, you know, and put it on PC right away, you know, maybe maybe more people go to check out the game on Windows 10, and I don't know, maybe it drives more engagement there, uh, and then eventually you put it on Xbox. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Make, maybe maybe splash damage isn't big enough to work on an Xbox game and the PC game at the same time. Although you say it's UWP, and it's just like one of those things. I, I don't know anything about UWP, so I'm not going to say anything. But UWP, UWP has become more complex over time because. I think in the early days of UWP, um, it was easier to port between the systems because there weren't that many Win32 APIs holding it back. But now that they've put more Win32 APIs in UWP, I think it's becoming more and more complex to actually port the games between systems. Don't quote me on that because I, I ain't a dev. But they are bringing like literally hundreds of legacy APIs to UWP. And it does seem to like have this knock-on effect of making UWP games more PC-like and less console-like, in a way. I don't know. Um, you, yeah, you, I don't think UWP is as portable as probably, at least I previously assumed. Right. But I don't know. We'll see. All right, well, moving on from that, Mike, uh, Jez, did um, Phil Spencer... And Xbox team lie to us about the Xbox One X? Huh? What do you Did mean? they lie? Well, that's is a new thing I'm seeing because Mike Nichols is saying VR is never coming to Xbox. Xbox ah. One X. And when they originally oh, yeah. and they were originally unveiled Xbox Scorpio, they said that it would be home to high fidelity VR. And now yeah. there's no plans of VR coming to the system. So did they lie to us, Jez? I think lie is probably a strong word, but um, at the same time, it's kind of, you know, <laughs> it's kind of annoying and weird. What do you think? Uh, 
<sighs> if I cared about VR in any tangible way, I would probably be upset. And I don't care about VR. And clearly the market doesn't care about VR. Because if the market did care about VR and if it took out, took off, you'd there would be VR on Xbox. For sure, 100%. May, this is just, I don't know. I think when they announced Scorpio, they were maybe convinced or at least thought that VR would be bigger than it was. So they said, hey, you know, this is going to be for, you know, the consumer that wants everything. Plus, this is going to have high fidelity VR because that was kind of the point of the, you know, the, the PSVR did, really couldn't do that because of the limitations of the system. So it was like a counterpoint or at least uh, an advantage that the new system would have over it. But then by the time the X came out and ever since then, well, VR didn't take off. Oculus, HTV Vive. I mean, yeah, the PSVR is the, doing the best, but I'm not even sure if it's past three million yet. MPD talks all the time about how doing a VR game is just basically throwing money into a fire pit. Like it's Ouch. like there's no. It's just it's too, it's too early tech, and I think micro, Microsoft realizes that because where the hell's Hololens? You know, the, I know they're supporting you know the the uh, the PC VR with their cheap headsets, but there yeah I don't, it is it is kind of a weird thing they they did say that and then all of a sudden they stopped and it wasn't a selling point anymore yep. so maybe lying isn't you know the best word for it it was just like in their first unveiling for the system they said it was going to do this and now it's potentially never going to do that yeah um i think um i you know i i use this word a lot but i think that announcement of VR coming to Xbox is probably a product of the Myerson thing. Back when, um, back when the Windows and Devices Group had more leverage to lean on Microsoft to support its products, because we've seen this in the past, right? Fable Legends was basically a product to put across the Windows 8 ecosystem. You know, okay, yeah. the whole the whole point of that was to put across Windows 8. Project Spark was as well. Um, you know, it was it was designed for touch, and it had uh, the whole Surface thing involved in it and stuff like that. Those are all results of the Windows team using the Xbox team to, you know, try and sell its products to devs. And Microsoft still does that to a degree with Xbox. You know, um, for example, I mean, this cloud streaming thing is like that's basically selling Windows Azure, right? So. There will be some of this theory degree, but I think like when it comes to VR, I think Phil has Phil has the clout to just say, you know what? I think we'd be throwing money into a black hole here, like you said. And um they've just decided not to do it. And I don't think there's no reason why they can't do it, because Windows Mixed Reality is ground up UWP based. So like making that work on the Xbox, it's like it would just I'm not saying it would just work, but it, it you know, it's it's built for Xbox because it's UWP. So it wouldn't be such a huge effort to get it working on Xbox. But at the same time, it's it's just like not a priority for the team right now. Their priorities are focusing on the number one feedback points. Their priorities are pro- preparing for the future, making sure they've got exclusives, making sure they've got the cloud streaming stuff set up. Those are where Microsoft is putting its priorities, not VR, which has shown itself to not be that profitable in the short term. 
you know, I've got I've got a Windows Mixed Reality headset. You know, I played Arizona Sunshine. I really like Super Hot VR. Super Hot VR is awesome. But like you say with your Switch, my Windows Mixed Reality headset has been in the drawer for months since Christmas, gathering dust because I don't like wearing something on my face for one. Yeah, thing. I mean, neither do I. Like I, I I enjoy VR, but having that heavy headset and and like people say, well, the PS VR headset is the nicest. It's still this thing on my face with wires running everywhere like vr to me to be successful needs to be 300 bucks and it needs to be like glasses you wear or it's like slim thing you just put on your face with and it needs to be wireless yeah you know what i mean the technology is just not there yet the experience is great but the barriers are just really annoying like i was playing doom doom vfr which by the way is is awesome but the game is awesome but the technology that you need to use to play it He's god-awful, man, because Doom VFR is a game where you have to turn around a lot because demons are spawning behind you. I got tangled up in the cables, man, and it's just like, I don't want this experience being tangled up in the bloody cables just just so I can turn around and shoot a demon. You know, it's just frustrating and annoying, and, uh, you know, I just, the tech ain't there yet, and um, I think the tech will get there, and HoloLens 2 is being made well actually no hololens 3 is being made hololens 2 has been scrapped and then moved on to hololens 3 and they are they are still actively exploring this paradigm um but i don't think microsoft have any delusions about it suddenly being the way everyone experiences everything in the future it has its applications but (sighs) i don't know man right well um Ravenflow, he had a super chat that said, how can Microsoft support VR if they can't support Connect? I mean, they did support Connect on the 360 when people were clearly buying stuff for it, but as soon as Connect kind of interfered with their overall business of Xbox, because it clearly did, mm. uh, and they had to get rid of it to drive the price down, yeah, like, once once they unbundled it, it was, it was dead. Um... I mean, and you're right, like, could Microsoft have exclusive games for VR, for their own VR, in the way that Sony does? I don't know. They have, some last couple years, they've had a tough time doing exclusive games, period. You know? So, it's probably for the best that there's no VR. Although, I mean, they did come out and say it would have VR, so you are right to kind of hold, you know, Phil and the crew to that. Be like, hey, you said this. When you announced it, it was going to have it, and now, you know, we're not going to get it, and that's kind of disappointing to the people that, you know, wanted it. But um, before we get into the State of Decay 2 stuff, Jez, I wanted to ask you about a recent article you posted, because I found it pretty interesting, and it was something they talked about at E3, and I wanted you to explain it, because not a lot of people know what it is, and that's Fast Start. Oh, yeah, Fast Start. Um, Fast Start is, uh, for those who don't know, Fast Start is a new technology currently being demonstrated on the Xbox Alpha Ring, of which I am a lucky member. Um, so Fast Start is basically, they announced it at E3, and I think people were a bit like, what the hell is this? I don't, I don't know what this is. But Fast Start is basically, it uses a machine learning algorithm, and it examines what a game uses... Um, what assets in a game installation packets are uh, are being used when the game is being run for the first two hours? So, like over time, the AI will learn. 
okay, this app package needs these files in order to run properly in the first two hours of play or, or however many hours. And then um, what it does is it front loads those files when you're installing the game. So basically, it's like it'll learn how to install a game faster by giving you the files you need first and the files you need last, last. So you will be able to get into your games much faster. And I only tested it with um, Flame and the Flood because uh, when I the, the the amount of games that it was available with was very small to start with. Uh, they expanded it today to like 20 games or something like that. But uh, I tested it with Flame and the Flood. And uh, Flame and the Flood's a five gigabyte game. And I was able to get in with an installation of 40%. And the game run the game ran flawlessly because it had all the files it needed to run the first the first areas of the game. And I was like, this is what I thought ready to start was gonna be. But it's basically like it delivers on that that idea of getting people into the games faster. And if you're a game pass user or fan and you like you explore lots of games and stuff like that, downloading like tons of 10 gigabyte games or 100 gigabyte games is not going to be great for people with a slow connection or data caps and stuff like that which i know is, is still a problem in america like with the data cap stuff um uh but microsoft is trying to solve that with fast start and it looks like they're gonna pull it off it's just great man it's it's like it seems like a little thing but when, when it's there you're gonna like miss it when it's not there i feel like it's awesome tech, man. I was so impressed with it. It seems like such a little thing, but it's really not. It's it's a big deal. And um, kudos to Microsoft for pulling it off because it works really well. Well, yeah, that was one of the big complaints about um, about Xbox, especially at the beginning of the gen, was like how long it takes to actually play the game. Like You have to wait to install it all the way or it'll say ready to start and you start it and you just got to stare at a screen. Yeah, and I understand why they paired this with Game Pass, even though it's not a feature specifically for Game Pass. It's like going to help everything, because with Game Pass you download these games, and some of them can be huge file sizes. So you want to be able to like get into the game and and sample these stuff out. So you know, getting games, getting into your game faster is just a a better thing, and uh, I, I doubt it will help like Red Dead Redemption Two when it launches, right? Because people like nobody will be able to start Red Dead Two until Red Dead Two's out, but it might start Red Dead Two if you play it a month later, right? Yeah, like the it it's still an algorithm. It still needs the information. So like, it won't have the information on how to optimize a Red Dead installation until it's collected it from people playing the game. Presumably, anyway. I mean, maybe Microsoft can like. Well, that's maybe Microsoft thing, like, will be able to run their own Sims eventually and figure yeah. out how best to deliver those games. But. Well, a thing like Red Dead has multiplayer, single player. Which one do you prioritize? You know, ah, same well, thing with like Battlefield. You know, like. Well, that's that's uh, that's another thing. Like Microsoft has also got this new intelligent delivery system, and it depends if devs actually use it. But like, you'll be able to like select. I only want to install the single player portion of Red Dead. If it, if the developer uses it, they might not bother using it. For, to be fair, but um, oh, the jazz drop out. I think jazz dropped out. No, I didn't. I'm sorry. Oh, I uh, I put I knocked something over. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you knocked over your drink, probably. Yeah, I'm drinking water. I'm being good. Don't don't judge me. But uh, where was I? I got confused there. 
Uh, multiplayer, single player. Oh yeah, intelligent delivery. So intelligent delivery, you'll be able to choose what what you want to download first if a developer uses that. But yeah, it's it's not going to help all games. It's it's mainly a Game Pass thing, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I like I'm interested in in, in checking some of the stuff out. I know Maka did a video for it yesterday uh, that showcased like the difference. You know, if you use Fast Start or in a console that's an insider program versus one that's not, and how like oh it'll it'll give you a point which then you can start it. So that was that was pretty interesting. And you know, you know, Phil said like like Game Pass is you know like people play more games on Game Pass. We want to get people into their games faster and stuff. And this is just one of those ways. Machine learning, you know, and and before we know it, like it'll turn into Skynet and they'll rule us all. <laughs> Skynet, right? Um, I think if any if any company actually does give us Skynet, it'll probably be Microsoft. Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Miguel Gomez, thanks for the super chat. He says, "I think if they said, hey, 'Hey, we're pouring our resources of studios and first party games instead of VR, it would have gone smoother.' Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I think like, yeah, I think Mike, Mike Nichols's quote because uh, when I, I asked Mikey Barr the same question, I asked him outright, is VR for Xbox dead?'" And he must have known the same thing Mike, Nichol know, Mike Nichols knew. And um, he just said, PC is our focus for VR right now. He didn't say we're not planning to invest in VR on PC. But I think like they, need, they probably need a better PR line there. Because uh, there was a lot of headlines about that. But um, it is what it is, man. I, I don't think it's a mistake. I don't think VR... This market isn't there. It's, it's Connect all over again. I see Oculus Rift... Pour, pouring all this money into trying to get VR to the masses, and they they just um they announced something called Oculus Santa Cruz, I think it's called, which is the next the next sort of iteration of Oculus Go. It's like you know a wireless headset with cameras on it, like the Windows Mixed Reality ones. You don't need sensors. It's uh you know a fully contained headset. And then I saw someone using the uh, HTC Vive Pro, which is the wireless HTC Vive, and they were saying how like big and bulky and horrible to use it is and they were saying how like it's really expensive and prohibitive and they probably wouldn't even bother using it over their standard HCC Vive so there is just so many barriers to getting VR technology out there one of them is getting the silicon smaller as well yeah. and uh, it's, uh, it's going to take time, I think they'll get there but it's just not there yet so, um, Jazz, did you did you like the uh, Xbox doll? You know, I did. I did like the Xbox you doll. Did, did you like the Xbox doll? I, you know, I, I thought of you as soon as I announced it. Did you? You thought of me? Yeah, because of Barbie games. Oh my God! Here we go with the Barbie. <laughs> games. I thought if if there's a re, um, what is it? American doll? I hadn't heard of American doll, but apparently it's a big big deal. But I was just like, if like if they made an American doll game with chivos rand would probably play it hey don't don't give anybody any ideas here <laughs> you know, we don't we don't need them to to make something like that i don't know it was just it was funny seeing the response uh major nelson Ooh. tweeted out tweeted it out and like whoo boy um some people are just so stupid and they can't see beyond their own needs i i the first thing i thought was this is really clever by microsoft because that like we we were talking about earlier about how their PC monopoly is maxed out and they can't really get any more they can't really get any more screens without expanding the audience 
And like my, the whole theme of my interview with Mikey Barra was how does Microsoft reach the next two billion gamers? And they were talking about like the industry growing and the projections of the industry growing. And they were saying like there there are there are credible projections which suggest there could be like four billion gamers in a few years. And like the th how do you re how do you get four billion gamers? Well, I tell you, you get four billion gamers by getting more girls gaming. And like gaming is not, it's still, especially amongst youngsters, it's not seen as something girls do, right? So like having, having that representation is important for growing the industry and growing the industry will lead to more games. So I don't know why anyone would complain about that unless they're like a loser or an asshole or both. So there's not really much to say about it beyond that. Jesper says, how was Yabar as an interviewee? Seems like a likable chat. Dude, Mike is awesome. We, we've we actually had him on the podcast where we, yeah. where we interview him. Uh, Mike, Mike said he like, speaks to us again at some point. But, um, we should. We should get him back on here. Yeah, we should. But, um, you know, busy guy. But, oh, he's um, not that busy. He's always playing Diablo and PUBG on Mixer. Not that busy. <laughs> oh, God. But, um, yeah, Mike, Mike he, you know, Mike's are, I've interviewed Mike three times now, I think, or four times even. Um, I really like interviewing Mike. His, uh, you know, his passion for gaming is just obvious and clear. And his passion for the gamer is clear. Like, he's not like a corporate guy. He, um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a true gamer, you know, he's always gaming. He's not like, you know, some of these execs who, like Bobby Kotick, for example. Do you think Bobby Kotick at Activision plays Call of Duty all day? Nope. World of, World of Warcraft? No. He's, he's drinking champagne on his yacht. He doesn't care about gaming or gamers. Have you seen how anti-consumer the new Black Ops 4 stuff is? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, no, nobody, look, we were railing on them removing s single player, right? And people were like, it's fine. Nobody plays single player. Whatever. And now it's like, <laughs> now like what is it like you can't buy the season pass separately at least right now you only can buy it in the hundred dollar version they're still using a season pass when the industry has basically moved away from that the you know the concept of season pass they're just they're just a relic of of, of of an older time and i wish i wish the game just bombed not because they get rid of the single player but because of the practices implemented in call of duty you know what i'm saying yeah like, i agree like removing single player is one thing that means I'm not interested in it. Right. But God damn the business stuff they're doing like is, is despicable, especially, and you know what? And, and people complained when star Wars did it, right. Maybe not to the degree of the progression and stuff. They, they even got like, it was so bad that even EA is like, we're not doing season passes and loot boxes anymore. Right. <laughs> they even had a developer come up on stage and basically apologize to everybody for five minutes. <laughs> and here's 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 activision with like thumbs and you know with fingers in their ears being like whatever our fans will buy whatever we put out because they're sheep you know like all like we'll remove single player and, and and we'll remove single player so they get less for their money and they'll defend it to their buddies and on social media we'll make it so that the season pass is included with the hundred dollar version so you have to buy that version and uh you know uh wow i'm getting so angry getting so angry about this <laughs> it's a yeah. joke dude but that but that's why that's why mike's awesome he's actually a gamer and that's why phil's awesome he's actually a gamer yeah see phil playing state of decay like all the time i played uh me and him played state of decay together over the weekend 
Oh, nice. uh, we we took down like seven um, uh, plague hearts. It was fun. Yeah, the, um, I, lo- I love playing that game with people. Like it's it's pretty fun to play solo, like just being addicted to it and stuff. And role well, playing. when but I played it, it but bef- with with a friend, it's really fun. When I originally played it in co op, it wasn't working right. Oh yeah, um, they've um, lag everywhere. But yeah. when, we, when we played it, it was it was fine in co op. So I'm glad they fixed it. Um, shout out to Fallout thirty four seven six v two. It says Xbox having a tea party with their Xbox styles. La 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 la. And Ravenflow says Jez is right. If more women game, the market booms, and that's right. Like you, you get, you get. There's a stigma against whip. I mean, look what's been going on recently with Battlefield and Gears Five and and Assassin's Creed. Like women take a more prominent role in the game, whether it's the main character or not. And you have people losing their minds, flipping their lids. Right? Like, oh my god. A woman in my battlefield? (laughs) Kate is the main character? No. Like, there's this... I don't know if, like... If some of these dudes just have, like, a deep-seated fear of women. You know? They were, like, nerds their entire life. They got rejected by... No, dude. No, dude. I don't know. No, dude who has a healthy relationship with women is upset about women being in Battlefield. Not a single guy. It's just like these sort of, you know, basement t- sort of types. You know, those, those neck beards, huh? Neck beard. I've got a neck beard. Yeah, I, totally I, I actually shaved my beard, so I just got. I'm reclaiming the neck beard for normal people. Well, I'm not really normal. Yeah, but so I, I'm not. I'm not a great ambassador for the neck beard. I have to, I have to say. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Like I, I find I find all that like I don't care. Like bat- women in battlefield, who cares? I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to shoot them and I, they'll, they'll die like everybody else. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like that's equality. Yeah. That's equality right there. I, I know some I know some people dude. I'll shoot you if you're not a dude. But histor- historical accuracy, Rand. Historical accuracy. If the, if that game is historically yeah. accurate, when you die the game would uninstall, and you won't be able to play. That it. would be that would be. We got the new Battlefield Ten. You get one life permadeath, and once you die, the game's installed, and you can never play it again. Or it's like, or you can or get. Like, after you die, you have to like make a deal with the devil and go through Cuphead every time you want to respawn. Yeah. So you you know they want to expand the market. Yeah. Women are women are a big part of the market. Um, some people they, say they, they basically there's on there's untapped potential to get more young girls into gaming and that's the whole idea behind that uh, and like i saw roby roby was tweeting because roby's got young daughters and um he was really happy because now it's like if you if you see those roles in toys at a young age it's representation and it makes you think that's okay that's okay you know it's okay for me to be a girl gamer you know and all the girls at school who are bullying me for being a nerd and not being into dolls and stuff, I can be like, well, you know, it's support. It's supported by the world to be to be a gamer. So, which is why Rand, it's really really annoying that the World Health Organization said that gaming for twenty hours a week is in fact a disorder now. Yeah, yeah. I I would imagine watching TV for twenty hours a week would be the same, right? You think that? You think that? Or reading a book for 20 hours? Look, look. Anything can... <laughs> look. Gaming itself isn't addictive, right? Just like watching TV isn't addictive. The person doing it is... You know, like... It's not like doing coke 
are doing heroin, which maybe I shouldn't even mention on here because I probably flag it. Like that's those are <laughs> those are things that are have addictive properties that screw with the chemicals in your brain and right. Like video games by themselves aren't addictive. It's the person playing it, like the type of uh, personality they have. Are they have addictive personality? Right. It's 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 why like everybody who gambles because it's they basically compared it to gambling. Right. If you go read the the descriptions of it, a lot yeah. of people gamble, but not everybody's addicted to gambling. Why is that the case? You know, each individual is different. Some people just have that kind of addictive personality. Gaming's the same. There are people out there who leave functioning lives who game 20 hours a week, 10 hours a week, 30 hours a week, and they can turn the system off when they need to or not. And yeah, I'm sure there are people out there that are really addicted to gaming. I, I guarantee it. But I don't know. It, I, don't, I don't think there's anything, you the know, thing like, is, like I, I've, I've got experience with this because. You know, I played, we all know, regular listeners of the show know, I played World of Warcraft a ridiculous amount. I have over a year playtime in World of Warcraft. I have spent a, literally a concurrent year of my life inside Azeroth. In my early 20s, I was unemployed and I was playing Azeroth as like a life simulator replacement. But I wasn't addicted to the game, like, or gaming. I was addicted to the sense of accomplishment that I was using game to replace it with. Like you could use anything to replace that sense of accomplishment. I was dissatisfied in my real life because I was unemployed. So I was playing something to distract myself from that. Other people drink alcohol or they do drugs. Like you said, it's, it's not, it's not gaming that causes that. It's other things that cause that. So I mm -hmm. think it's really, it's ridiculous personally. You know? No, yeah, it, it totally is. It totally is. Like anybody can take anything and make it into an addiction that negatively affects their life in any way. As soon as um, I got a job, I just stopped being addicted to it. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't addicted but to but the if game. You didn't I was get like... a job because you were always playing video games and you just wallowed. Yeah, that would be a very negative thing, but um oh. you know what a lot of people consider a negative thing, especially Sony fans, was State of Decay 2 being number one. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're they're a little uh, upset about that. They're a little upset. I, um, my Twitter feed was pretty salty after that. Yeah, yep. It's always people with like five followers and like ten following. They they follow Xbox people, and they tweet angry things at Xbox people, and then get banned. Like, how? I don't understand how anyone can have the time to do that. Well, uh, the story behind this, and uh, which we're going to talk about right now. But before we do that, let's hit that like button. Get it up to 200 likes before the show <clears> ends. <throat> yeah. Anyways, um, so in a move nobody saw coming, the MPD re group they reported their findings for May, which they report you know for the the following month. State of K two was the best selling game in the month over God of War, which had come out the previous month. And Detroit Become Human, which launched three days after State of Decay. Uh, PlayStation 4 was number one selling hardware. You can, I think you can safely assume, I think Xbox was number three. But the big takeaway was State of Decay 2. Nobody expected this. Not me, not Jez, not anybody. Like people thought God of War would re, you know, because it sold so much, would retain number one or Detroit Become Human would be. Um, but of course, like even when Sea of Thieves did well, when Sea of Thieves hit number two, the common, the common like, 
oh, it's only did well because of, well, they're counting both versions. They're counting PC and Xbox, which isn't the case. A PC version is counted as an Xbox version because it's Xbox Play Anywhere, and they said that. Uh, just like an Xbox copy is basically a PC copy. It's Xbox Play Anywhere. Um, but of course, when people hear that, they, they say, well, this has to be counting Xbox Game Pass. Because how could this game sell so well when it's a 68 and Metacritic and Detroit's an 85? How could it outsell Detroit? Well, Microsoft has said that it's not including Game Pass. And the MPD group says it's not including Game Pass. These are games, they only track games that are full retail or you know digital downloads full, like paid for. So it doesn't include Game Pass. And then it gets even more interesting because MPD reports by revenue, not by unit sales anymore. So for State of Decay to be number one on a chart based on revenue when the game is $30 and God of War and State and um, Detroit are 60 means that for that game to be ahead of those two, for every copy that Detroit sells, State of Decay has to sell an extra one. Oh, See, wow. I didn't know that. Well, yeah. So so if Detroit sells 100,000 copies at 60 bucks, for State of Decay to match that, it has to sell 200,000 copies at $30. Oh, so, I didn't know that. So State of Decay 2 must have sold quite a bit. Now, you can kind of work out some of the figures because they said Detroit was 20% higher than Heavy Rain, and Heavy Rain sold 219000 its launch month, so you're probably looking at 260. So you're probably minimum double that. You're probably looking at around maybe 600000 for State of Decay, potentially. Maybe a little bit less. I don't know how many people bought the Ultimate version for the game. Um, which you know, but I would I would imagine the thirty dollars version. So the game did incredibly well. I don't know if that says that Metacritic isn't important anymore because this game was trashed by reviewers, or more that like, hey, people really enjoyed the first game because the first game did sell a lot. Um, you know that that first game's over five million. <clears throat> this game's also in Game Pass, which we've heard Phil talk about how Game Pass games. Uh, there seems to be this virality or like the exposure, like they're selling more copies of games uh, now with Game Pass than they previously forecasted. Like they they said, Sea of Thieves and State of Decay 2 like really outdid their uh, expectations. So Jez, what's your takeaway from all this, buddy? I think my takeaway, first of all, is that Game Pass is having an effect on sales because of virality like you said, and I think it's uh, it's really interesting, and it should be interesting, especially for third parties who are interested in getting on this train. I mean, that's, an, that's another thing, you know, Microsoft is putting these games into Game Pass permanently, so anyone who knows about Game Pass probably knows about that too, whereas, like, third parties, they can put it in Game Pass temporarily, and then if people want to complete them or whatever, they have to buy them, so that potentially could be, like, a demo on steroids, where, like, they get the upfront cost and they get the upfront uh, boost in interest and the virality. And then they, you know, try and funnel into full purchases later. I think game Pass is definitely having huge impact on like Microsoft's expectations for, for, for games and stuff. Cause they said, they said both, I mean, they could have made this up for sure, but they said sea of thieves and uh, state of the K both blew their projections away. So, you know, it's a good thing. And there's no there's no negatives here. I mean, the negative, I suppose one of the negatives is people whining on my Twitter feed about it. Well, yeah, I mean... <clears throat> trying to damage control it. People but. are like, well, should you really <laughs> celebrate games that are broken and buggy and low Metacritic games? 
you know, selling well. Um, and I, I don't know, like it's uh, 68. I'm I mean, seven, it's like a seven on Metacritic. It's like seven out of 10 for me. I mean, that's like an okay game, I guess, uh, or whatever. Yeah. I think as well, it speaks to state of decay's unique selling point because no game really does what state of decay does as well as state of decay does combining real like almost like real-time strategy resource management with an action action rpg with base management and stuff i don't think any game really does that and it's unique and i think if you want that experience you pretty much have to buy state of decay like i was disappointed with state of decay because it didn't push into AAA as hard as i wanted it to or well not at all really it was a 30 dollar game but um i still really loved it because i loved the original and I think like fans of the original, once they get over that initial disappointment, especially like with the bugs and stuff, they still discovered what they loved about the original game, but better. So like, there's that aspect too. I think State of Decay is just a special game, um, special franchise. And I think it's awesome that they're now under Microsoft's roof. They got access to the full resources, you know, and all the secret stuff that you can't really tell a second party. I think it's um, it bodes well for the future, man. Well, I mean, I mean, I think it bodes well for the for the franchise because clearly, if it's you know doing this well and with them buying on Dead Labs, announcing that at Microsoft, I mean, you would imagine State of Decay Three is a game that is going to happen. My, my only kind of question is like, here you have State of Decay Two, which isn't the AAA game every, they all promised, right? Clearly, we all agree on that. And and it's selling incredibly well. So does Microsoft pour more money into the project to make it an even better experience when they're already seeing success at this level with whatever money they poured in? Or do you try to like make you do you try to like take the next step? You you pour more money into it because it might then appeal to even a greater set of people and get better review. You know what I'm saying? Like Yeah, I see what you're saying, that it could hurt quality. Yeah. I think that is I think that's definitely a concern to have, you know. I mean, obviously, like you say, if you speak to Microsoft, they'll say, oh, no way. But, um, you know, we need proof of that, I guess. I mean, if State of Decay 3 isn't at that quality level and it still feels like a budget game, I think, like, you can safely say that Microsoft is just sort of maximizing margins and cutting corners there, which is which will really annoy me. But do they really care if it makes money, you know? Well, Jesse Noob, X, uh, Jesse Noob Xbox says that people keep skipping the fact that this game was rebuilt from scratch with the new engine, which is true. Uh, the first game was built on the Cry engine, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And this one was built up on Unreal Engine 4. Yeah, so, I mean, you saw this with uh, when Bioware switched to Unreal Engine for Mass Effect 1, because they used to use their, their own proprietary engine. I can't remember what it's called now, but they, they, had, they had their own engine for Knights of the Old Republic and stuff like that. And when they switched to Unreal Engine, it was a mess, but then they, when Mass Effect 2 came out, it was like this polished masterpiece, you know? So switching engine does impact a studio, and I think, like, especially a smaller studio like those guys. But, you know, they'll have the full resources of, of Microsoft Unreal Engine expertise now because, you know, um, a coalition are masters with it, and a lot of those people who work at the coalition, they used to work at... They used to work at um, Epic Games as well. They make the Unreal Engine. So I think uh, the, re- the extra resources that they're going to get being under Microsoft could only lead to better things. But, you know, 
there is still that concern, man, back of my mind, that they're just going to sort of maximize profits and margins rather than go for that quality. Because, like you say, Metacritic doesn't seem to have the same influence it used to have. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is just a sent a game which was beloved originally, and people just bought into the sequel, or you know, or maybe I don't know. Like, I mean, it's tough to say, but like, I expect State of Decay three with them being part of the Microsoft first party to be a big step up from State of Decay two. I expect it to be the AAA experience that they said State of Decay two would be. I expect a shared open world game, you know. One where we yeah. can build a base together instead of just like I'm in your game, you're in my game. Like I expect that because that's like the next step for this. I expect the janky animations and things to be gone. I expect the game to be set on a dedicated server so it's nice and smooth. You know, I maybe expect even different zombie types rather than the four. I just I don't know, like State of Decay One, State of Decay Two, people say they're very similar. I expect a big improvement with three. And if it's just State of Decay 3, and it's just like the same game as 2, but just on dedicated servers, I don't know, Jazz. I think I think they need to do more, you know? I'd agree. Um, so Eternal Shaddai, thank you for the super chat. He says, how's everybody doing? My question is this. Acquiring Undead Labs, does that mean timed exclusive Dead Rising is over? Oh, that's interesting. Timed exclusive Dead Rising. That's an interesting question. So that Microsoft now has their own zombie franchise under their belt um, they need dead rising i've never been a fan of, i i'm a huge zombie fan i never really enjoyed dead rising I mean, how do you feel about dead rising i like dead rising with dead rising one and i like dead rising three couldn't get into four didn't care for two but the thing that's gonna the thing that per, i think prevents maybe microsoft looking at getting that was that dead rising four was a f- colossal bomb you know what i mean like you mm. It's like, yeah, it's nice to have exclusives and, and you know, Capcom is like, I don't know, like Capcom's like maybe willing to like, you know, who wants Dead Rising? But like, it only really matters if people care about the game. Nobody cared about Dead Rising 4, right? More than likely, nobody's going to care about Dead Rising 5. So why is Microsoft going to spend any money trying to secure that game as an exclusive when they have their own stuff to look forward to? When the game didn't do well originally? Um so I I don't know. I don't think you really see an exclusive Dead Rising. Um, do you? Do you think yeah. we see Dead Rising 5 as a, some sort of timed exclusive? Or do you think those days know. are over based on how well the franchise is performing? I don't know, man. I mean, is Dead Rising 5 even confirmed? I mean, they they talked about a Kotaku article when they like you know laid off half the studio that they were working on a new Dead Rising game, yeah. And they canceled their uh, Catcom Vancouver's new team. Mm. It's, uh, I don't know, man. Okay. Um, the Raven Flow says, Sea of Thieves and State of Decay 2 success or proof Microsoft marketing is unreal. I've always said their marketing is pretty good when they have stuff to actually market. Although, I, I don't know. What do you mosh things? That smosh thing during Inside Xbox was the worst well, thing no, that was That was absolutely terrible. But uh, <laughs> I, think, I think Game Pass itself is an excellent marketing tool. Like, yeah, you yeah. have. You ha- here's this idea thing you can get for ten dollars. Microsoft games are in there, right? And millions of people, or at least people that normally wouldn't buy, it, are suddenly now all playing it. So you log into your system, <clears throat> and your friends list is all playing State of Decay or Sea of Thieves. And then you have the peer pressure. Maybe your friend buys the game or is in Game Pass, and he wants somebody to play it with because those are really heavy multiplayer. So now you get pressured into getting Game Pass or buying the game, and it's mm-hmm. just that effect like compounded 
over you know a, a, a uh, user base of like you know Microsoft said what 59 million people use Xbox Live a month or whatever it is and it just it's just marketing that you really can't buy like yeah you can run ads on YouTube or whatever but people can ignore that or people don't watch it like you see your friends on your friends list you see the ads there on the dashboard you know that game pass is you know I don't know like it's really interesting to me at least uh, how game pass can shape the future but uh, just says we need to wrap up it's getting late. Did you want to take like one or two questions before we get out of here, or do you want to like? Yeah, take take a couple of questions and then we'll get out of here. All right, so a couple questions for me and Jez, and then we will hit the road. We'll be back hopefully Wednesday uh, next week. I know we've been kind of like shifting days here and there, but it's sometimes it's hard. Sometimes I'm busy. Sometimes Jez busy. It's what happens when you do a two person show. One person can't make it. It's not like this isn't like a podcast with ten people where if one person doesn't show up, no big deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh hit us up with some questions and we will get them answered and then we will send everybody off on their way um let's see uh dutch artworks wants to this one's for you jazz when will we hear about alexa or google assistant on xbox i don't know i think though um there was <laughs> I think Microsoft were pretty upset about the leak of Alexa because I think it's very, very early days yet. Um, I think uh, I have no idea, honestly. I, I got that. I got the picture of the the settings menu, which shows that it is coming. And I also have some assets to show that the Alexa logo and the Google Assistant logo are actually inside the Xbox operating system. So they're definitely working on it. But when it when that materializes, I don't know. I think part of it maybe depends on priorities and stuff like that. But it's definitely coming, definitely hundred percent coming. Unless like Alexa blocks it or something, I don't know. I don't know who's working on what. Right. Um, let's see. I'm I'm a no Jack Jacoon wants to know if I'm reviewing near. Maybe I might. I usually review all the games I play. Um, so I'll probably do a video for that if I uh, I don't get the time. Uh, let's see. Uh, Solar Waves Xfinity. Tell us more about your stealth game that you want mentioned in Dealer's Cast. Oh, so just I said, you know, when we were talking about the new studio, the initiative, right? Mm-hmm. What game would you like to see them create? And you know, genres and stuff. I said, why not a stealth game? Because Ubisoft thought it was appropriate not to announce a new goddamn Splinter Cell. <laughs> so now I don't have a stealth game. Uh-huh. So why don't the initiative make me a really cool stealth game, huh? How about that? That's what I said. I want another XCOM game. Oh, That's geez. survival, turn-based tactics in a post-apocalypse. Yeah. With zombies. Uh, Chris Topsy says, Rand, have you, got, have you gotten shit from Xbox community for being one of the most upfront and honest of them? Uh, I mean, not really. I know some people tried kicking me out of the Xbox community when... Uh, you know, I, I said Crackdown was a joke. You know, people, I don't know. Some people in the Xbox community get their panties in a bunch over my opinions about stuff, but then sometimes PlayStation fans get their panties in a bunch over my opinions about stuff as well. So it kind of goes both ways on that one. Um, Irrelevant Native, what's going on, buddy? He says, Jez, do you think Discord will allow voice chat through the Xbox and Nintendo at some point to bypass the Nintendo voice chat app? Hmm. Interesting. I 
I mean, did you see Discord's update today? Discord like revealed the new gaming section on their app. Did they? Yeah, it basically looks like Steam. When you boot up the game, it shows you a bunch of games that they've got partnerships with, and it says these people are playing this game, blah, blah, blah. Here's some streams of those games from Twitch. Um, it's interesting how fast Discord is growing. You know, um, I think Microsoft probably sees Discord as a threat more than um, they see some of the platforms as a threat because... Microsoft isn't bothered about the intelligent edge, which is the devices, the screens. Microsoft just wants to connect to those screens with its services. Discord is a competing cloud service, technically. So I don't know. Does Microsoft want to... Microsoft uses Discord themselves. So, But uh, I also leaked... Not a lot of people read this, but I also leaked that Microsoft is looking into making Xbox messages more Discord-like. Um, I found some concept art through sources um of the xbox app with discord channels so microsoft is responding to discord but man they should have done that maybe two years ago at this point because discord is killing skype for gamers discord's killing xbox live chat for gamers discord's crushing everything discord is just better than everything for gamers right now for, for communication so i think either microsoft copies discord or they i don't know partner in some way uh, i ultimately microsoft would like to buy discord i think and i think they've tried from what i've heard is they tried to buy discord but discord is like nah we know we can grow much more than this and probably sell for billions instead of hundreds of millions so and they're not wrong i think like in a few years we might discord will sell to a company eventually you don't you don't make a, a company like discord without the, the without an exit strategy in mind so, like, I think Discord will sell to a company eventually, but it just depends who it is. Right. I think everyone tried to buy Discord. Twitch did. You know, they all tried to buy it. Uh, it just depends who's going to get them. Who's going to get them, man? I don't know. And with that, we're going to end the show. Um, thank you guys for being here. Make sure you give it a thumbs up. Subscribe if you're new and this was your first time. Uh, Jez, what do you got going on? Uh, any articles I should be on the lookout for on Windows Central? <laughs> Hopefully gonna have Vampire reviewed by next week, but I don't really have anything that interesting in the pipeline. I'll have to see. Okay. I'm always well, working on things, man. Always Jez, working on things. Jez's Twitter is linked in the description as well as the link to the SoundCloud and iTunes and Google Play if you want to listen to uh the show there instead of here on YouTube. But we just want to thank you guys for watching wherever you do watch it. Uh thanks for all the comments in the chat box and all the uh support and the super chats means a lot to us and uh we'll be back next week hopefully on a wednesday or a thursday uh for a brand new show uh and uh with that we are gone later <laughs>